0: You're listening to The Podcast. For grain merchandisers, by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good-humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and hat truths And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is The Elevator's Cut.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler.
0: And I'm your other host, Roger Gaddis. And um, today we've got a pretty good episode. Of course, we think that every time, and uh, you as the listeners will verify this or not uh, on Twitter in your comments. But today... Uh, we, we've got some guests. Uh, we're, we're trying to get better at this interview thing and um, trying to get some more interesting people on. And I think we've got a pretty good catch today, Jason. Um, somehow, uh, we were fortunate enough to have a couple guys on. Uh, we are joined today by Joe and Luke with Bushel. And since I don't want to botch up last names, I'm not going to mention them. I'll let them say it. Um, and today we wanted to bring them on, and we've been working on this a while, to get these guys on and, and um, discuss a little bit of stuff in the ag tech uh, section of our industry and hear from some people that actually know what they're talking about as opposed to me and Jason, who have a tough time working Excel well. So uh, with that said, uh, guys, welcome to the podcast, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do.
2: Well, thanks for having us, guys. We, uh I'm Luke Swenson. I've been with Bushel for about two years. Prior to that, I've basically spent my career running around the retail and commercial trading side of the world. And uh, we had the opportunity to kind of partner up, merge up and build up some merchandising tools in Bushel. And I said, well, there's not many times you get to help reshape an industry in a fun company. So we've been been together for two years. And uh, my focus is everything trading related, helping to figure out how we're going to streamline a lot of the processes on that on that side of the industry and help kind of create a lot of efficiencies that we may not have known are there or that we had at our disposal
3: hey guys joe solinger so uh i actually just joined bushel here a few months ago um and kind of bounced around the grain industry before that started working at first little uh woodhouse elevator as soon as i turned 16 and have worked in kind of the merchandising and grain location space uh, ethanol space since then and uh like I say, just got to Bushel here a couple months ago and for similar reasons as Luke, I mean I've always kind of you know wanted to leverage technology in my personal life and try and I mean honestly make it so you don't have to work so hard, right? Use use the tool instead of doing it, doing it the hard way and um, hopefully being part of Bushel, I can help help some others get that figured out.
0: Nice. And so so what's really cool about about you guys uh, coming on here and in and, and general is that you guys have done this you've done the thing the merchandising the elevator that the grain business side not just uh, the idea side you've actually lived and breathed it so um, I think that's that's a that's a huge feather in y'all's cap um, and uh, so again just to give the listeners some background and uh, the structure because let's face it today and when you mention ag tech um, some different connotations can definitely come to mind of what that represents um, but you know, to that end, um, let's dive into that. Let's get into that zeitgeist. Uh, what are we seeing today in ag tech? Uh, you know, we got COVID thing happening right now, but even aside of that, um, what's kind of the trends? What what's happening? What um, what are you guys doing right now?
2: I, I think you're seeing lots of it come to a head. Like you know, we we don't really acknowledge it, but over the last decade, probably more on the farmer side than the elevator side. You know, we've seen we've thrown how many hundreds of things at production. You know, you sit and you look at it like since 2012, the amount of money that's flown into agriculture after seeing a couple of years of big profits. You know, you sit and look what we've changed on the production side. You've got precision, you've got all new inoculants, new treatments, everything bouncing in. You've got automation, managing data, some of that. Like there's there's a lot of those that have came in just very quietly. I think the big thing you're seeing in the last couple of years, however, is you're starting to understand just how deep you can actually get into understanding some of those workflows. Uh, and and now you're going to get to the point where we've tightened up margins, you know, obviously with COVID you've got everyone not meeting in person and who knows if that's going to be back to normal in two weeks or two years. And outside of that, you're also going to be having people managing a lot of the data and trying to streamline some of these processes. And, and the big question coming out of it is kind of the ROI side as well. You know, what's, what are the, bigger value tools that we can do, where are the areas we haven't looked within our industry to try and add some value. And and that's really what we're trying to reach in on, uh, starting in the back end of the elevator and working all the way up front to the farmers and then uh, working our way back down the supply chain as well. And I I think you're seeing hundreds of different solutions coming in different ends the the whole way across the industry. Uh, Joe, before, what, what, you're four months out of it. Uh, What were the bigger things you were seeing your last days in the elevator before you came over?
3: Sure. I mean, I, you know, there's, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, right? There's there's hundreds of different, you know, things that fall under the quote-unquote ag tech bucket, right? I mean, there's, you can go a thousand directions with that. I mean, arguably ag tech, you know, ag tech's been around forever, right? I mean, think about the first time, you know, the first time a guy had a tractor on the farm, right? That was ag tech at the time. And you think about, you know, your old farm all tractor today that you can go fix anything on it is from 1945. But, and, you know, when it first came out, that was you know it was hard to to understand what was under the hood, right? And I think we're kind of seeing another phase of that. You know, now maybe it lives in a computer instead of lives in the shed, right?
2: <laughs> and you can't legally um, fix it.
3: Well you can't legally <laughs> or or even conceptually begin to fix it, right? But um I, I think that's you know so so that that really has kind of been a shift in the industry. So so when I think about when I was you know sitting in the space, right? I mean you've got all kinds of, of new tools that you can go spend money on. Right. There's always, there's always another new thing. And um, to me, when you're, when you're, when I, when I was looking at those tools, right, it's, it's, it's either gotta be you know kind of one of two things, right. It's either gotta, gotta solve a problem that I've been looking to solve or a problem that maybe I wasn't even aware of yet. And now I'm uh, now i am not, I'm, I'm aware of the problem because I've seen the solution. I'm thinking back, yep, yeah, that that's real life to me, or it's gotta be a, you know, a, what I'd call like a vision fit, right? It's something that, that is going to help the business uh, achieve kind of an overarching vision. And, and and I think, you know, sometimes that's a little bit harder one, but I mean, you know, I was listening to the elevators cut. Uh, I don't know what this was a month ago or something. And, and the, the comment was made around, you know, how do you, how do you put a value on the coffee pot? Right? I mean, it's, it's hard to say where that saved you money buying grain or where it made you money selling grain, but um you know that you knew that that was the fit to make make it so that you were the place the customer wanted to do business. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, all the all the buckets got got to be able to solve one of those two things for you.
2: Yeah. And and one of the more interesting things, like as as you get farther into looking what those solutions are, uh, you know, there's you've got every different size of entity. I'm sure listening to you guys podcast on, on a weekly basis, but you look at it. You know, you've got everything from the one-man shop to, I'm sure, big enterprise groups, and and within that, like it's kind of like the, you know, there's different locks for different doors. You know, something that people in the back office may say, this is, hey, this is a tech tool that automates some of this process and really cleans up a headache, and it might bring big value, but if they can't, if they can't explain it to the people that are going to write the check or sign off on it, they're they're not going to see the value in it, and they're not going to be able to mon- you know, capitalize on that. Same thing on the flip side, you know, you. You show an IT guy a merchandising tool and they might be like, What I I don't get what the value of this is and at the same time you've got a merchant screaming this could be a hundred thousand dollar tool. Uh, and, and I think you're gonna see a lot of that being like kind of the throwback that stops some of this stuff from being adapted. You know, there's some great tools out there that haven't been used too much just because they can't get the sales pitch right on it and, and they can't get it correlated across, you know, to the proper people and they're going in the wrong avenue.
3: Yeah, I think that's, I mean, one of the one of the biggest problems, right, is we all kind of live in our own little world. I mean, that, that that that's something that's interesting about, you know, the business of farming, right? I mean, a lot of these, you know, farming enterprises, you know, you've got one or two decision makers that are the whole chain, right? So it's easy for them to to think, you know, high level about how am I going to solve, you know, how, how does this, you know, whatever, you know, precision tool, whatever it is, help me uh, on the back end. But if you think about it from a grain business or an, even any ag business space, it's maybe there's maybe more more layers in an organization like that that end up being a little bit disconnected. So, so like Luke said, I mean a tool, a tool that maybe doesn't help you at all, maybe still does help your business if you can't if you find you know the right spot to, to fit it in.
0: Yeah, oh. and that's and you see that you see that all the time. Uh, you know the, the kind of the old saying the. Uh, the uh, the success of a merchandiser is directly correlated to how far his chair is from the dump pit. And you know, when you get these bigger <laughs> organizations, the people make the decisions for tech purchases. Say these tools that could really use, and the people actually using them can be vast. So, uh, like you said a while ago, it's 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 a communication issue of getting it across and explaining it in a way that everyone can understand. And you know, whether it's merchandising, accounting, origination, ownership, the board, whatever it is, it that's like, you nailed it. That's always the issue. That's always where any potential uh, headaches can arise as far as an understanding across the board.
2: Yeah, well, that's one thing we like to joke at is it's – I don't know if you guys have ever heard, like, the old saying, the seven steps to stagnation, you know. Unless you're going to find something that universally appeals to everyone within the organization at the same time, like, you're going to run into it. Like, the, we've never done it that way. It won't work. We are doing fine without it, you know. That's not my job, or we don't have the money for that. You know, like, you can very easily miss some of that stuff just – just by not paying attention or on the flip side, you also get, you know, the the evil side of this. You know, someone saying, well, this is a great tool and they convince people to do it, but all of a they look at it and they're like, well, wait, this is this is more of a problem looking or a solution looking for a problem than a problem looking for a solution. And, and that's where I think it's people's nature to just kind of say, well, hey, you know, for us to spend three million bucks on a shiny new uh, tin can from Sukup or Brock or whoever, you know, is, is we know our, our seven-year payback on that. However, there's not a lot of people digging in, looking at, okay, well, if I take my originators, <laughs> with your joke of how close they are to the dump pit is how successful they are. What if I remove two hours a day of remedial work from them and change them from actually originating grain from 90 minutes a day to three hours? Well, all of a sudden, how much more are you generating off of that person of the day? And it's multiples of a return. And, and a lot of those are just soft numbers that you can't really put on a sheet of paper when you're quoting or building something. Out of of curiosity, flip it back on you guys. When when it comes to people absorbing technology, like we see how fast farmers do it. You know, people still look at the picture of what is it like American Gothic, that old print, you know, with the pitchfork and uh, overalls (laughs) like, but yet again, we've had auto steer 20 years before Musk said the word. And uh, we've been playing Netflix (laughs) through an iPad before anyone else had a clue how to do it Uh, in a tractor, no less. Uh, but, like, on the commercial side, what's some of the deeper stuff you guys have seen for, like, blowback or reasoning? Like, is it is it shifting in your opinions from, obviously, due to where you guys spend the majority of your time? Are you seeing a shift in a direction, or is it still fighting that seven steps of stagnation?
1: Well, I think I, the, I mean, what you said about about the, um, you know, hey, we've always done it that way. I mean, that is just a, a monster to deal with all the time. That's... <laughs> It seems like to me anyways, uh, at, at every organization probably, but, um, that is, but, but no, I think what we're seeing generally in the grain industry, just like in farming is there's a lot of, uh, consolidation, bigger organizations and coming, you know, not everywhere, but, but a lot of places you, you got your 70 location co-ops that are, you know, were 45 location co-ops a couple of years ago. And it, it keeps going that direction for, for a multitude of reasons, but, Because of that, you have to get more efficient at communicating and more real time. And the other thing is the way, of course, the market is. And so the hedging piece and making sure you're doing that in a timely manner, which is needs to be almost immediate, if not immediate, uh, you you just – you got to be able to communicate way better. So that's a that's a something that's here now that hasn't always been there. We haven't always had that need as strongly, probably, but it's getting stronger every day to be better at keeping multiple locations across, you know, sometimes multiple states, you know, and all, all that stuff to to be to be timely and uh, and and a, a a good process. And so yeah, I mean, I think leaning on technology more and more heavily to accomplish that is is uh, is what I'm seeing in the green business. And now one other thing I wanted to, just an idea. I know you guys are ag tech guys and Roger and I are not. We're from Arkansas. We, you know, we can't count to 20 with our shoes on, all that stuff. So my question, is, it, <clears throat> I got an idea for you. I'll see what you guys <laughs> think about. It. Okay. Maybe you can do something with it. But what if we did like a all these farm trucks sitting around. There was like an Uber for it. What do you think?
2: Well, I think Uber would be difficult given coronavirus. But if you're going to use them to actually haul some fun stuff, yeah, there's there's some uh, there's some interesting projects in the work there that you guys may have actually seen trickle across your headlines in the last month or so. <laughs> if if you were hinting at anything in particular. No, it's uh, that's something I don't know how deep we we should be going on that yet. Is it still early? But it's it's a fun project. Roger is obviously what it's heard, and I'm guessing a lot of you've heard of it out there. Where basically uh, Bushel, we went out uh, and partnered with a handful of kind of companies across the country. Whether it's uh, you're in fertilizer, you're in fertilizer with some of the bigger names with uh, Schooler, Cargill, Coke, uh, the Andersons, and CGB, and the, Basically said, okay, you know, we we need some logistic solutions. We need to Im- improve the the functionality of these assets we have. We need to actually speed up payments. We need to help, uh, you know, as we're seeing technology in the farmer's hands. Well, the, the trucking industry is the next big one, and moving freight everywhere is one of the things that's going to get more efficient coming out of this. So uh, we're lucky enough to be at the spearhead of that, where they said, okay, Bushel is going to be our digital tool. Like they're going to help us build out this solution that is going to. It's going to lead the way and help revolutionize this piece of the industry as well, which it's a, it's a great feather in our cap, too, that, you know, you've got a lot of these companies. They've seen what we've done and built, and it, it reinforces that to the industry that, hey, you know, we like to make the jokes that we're ag people. You know, uh, my, my the, the first, I think, like week I was in the office, I have to laugh like I uh, the lady that is in charge of our marketing team is amazing. And, uh, like, the first week I was here, she was kind of criticizing someone in the office, like, that is not a combine we put on a website, because she saw a templated website coming out. And I was laughing, because I'm like, wait, there's no way that she, like, someone building a website acknowledges the fact that you have a combine, like, an S-series combine, deer combine, with a cover on it, so you could tell it was basically combining beans in Argentina or Brazil. And it's like, that does not go on a North Dakota elevator's website. And so I was immediately just laughing. I'm like, this is awesome. Like they're okay, like this is, you know, it's no joke. Yeah, we're all egg people. People make jokes about flyover states in North Dakota. The the irony behind this is like a week later, we're at a big regional uh, grain facility and I'm telling this story as we're like setting up their projector to (laughs) present and show them what Bushel is. And I swear, I finished that statement. It was like a one second pause. Their projector goes on, poof, their website, Three beautiful cloth combines with hopper covers on them, like in the middle of Argentina in the background. So, so no, it's, it's one of the things we pride ourselves in. I mean, like we've we've grown to just shy of 200 people now, and the vast majority of us are based out of Fargo. I think there's only five or seven or so that aren't actually in our office. I mean, egg background runs through the founders, through the majority of the leadership team. Like. We have multiple multiple people on our team. We're sending pictures back and forth. Heck, our family buried a combine two nights ago when we were combining <laughs> on May 19th, you know? Still some of that on-farm storage for USDA to give us our 17 cents on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I uh, apologize for the tangent. But no, it's, it's fun, and that's where uh, Bushel has been around for about seven or eight years, and it started as kind of a, a do-anything company building apps and projects for Fortune 500 companies. And about two years ago, Right before I came on was when the statement was basically said, no, uh, we are, not that we're like self-counting this, but I mean like we're the kings of agriculture. Like this is, we are focusing on egg. There's there's too much opportunity there. There is too much of our specialty is in there not to just focus on it 100%. And ever since that's happened, it's like every day we've got different opportunities coming through the door. Hey, do you want to help us build something in this direction or that direction? And, and Roger is just one of the things that came out of that. And it... We're, we're lucky enough to be hopefully building something that's yet again going to reshape uh, another piece of the industry and help everyone end-to-end be more efficient, get more value. I mean, because that's really the key, you know. You don't want to be a, a solution looking for a problem. We want to find problems and bring solutions that everyone can use end-to-end on the spectrum.
0: And the platform's got a fantastic name, it ought to do swimming, I would say.
2: Yeah, it, it's not that bad a one, which is hilarious because we're getting in debates about reports same thing so we have like egg marketing channels in our slack and like where people that may not have an egg background are asking them so like some of the other people that know the trading side well like we're talking USDA reports and stuff and and I made a snide comment about like let's be honest realistically we're selling pounds let's just switch to tons like the rest of the world and actually I think it was Camille it's like no we are not rebranding again
0: (laughs) yeah I'm I'd say that you know um back when I was at the elevator and just customers now if there is a need for if there's a need for um you know the, the the tech to help out problems it's usually in those communication bottlenecks and and specifically the timeliness of things so when the load leaves the elevator gets delivered somewhere um especially on, say on friday you know drivers aren't going to come bring their tickets back on friday you know all these things direct Wait, ship, your drivers get you scale tickets Ours yeah, totally yeah. yeah. Scale tickets when you've got a big, um, let's say, say, let's say you're shipping a bunch of stuff out of the elevator, but you got a big, robust direct ship program going too. And guess what? All these, all these trucks are delivering on the same contract, and you're trying to keep up with it and keep up with the farmer. He says, "Oh, ship six loads, I think," and he shipped ten, and it puts you out, and you fill up your contract too much, and you're forced to sell at a low basis to cover the, you know, it goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah. So those, those bottlenecks, so to speak, is where I see and have seen. Um, technology uh such that, like you guys offer come in and, and offer solutions that are that that are meaningful well
3: what what you're talking about is is related to external stuff right but i mean even internal to the businesses that i've worked in i mean sometimes right hand's not talking to left right and oh, mean, sure. Even, even moving data around internally to the company and getting it getting the the best information in in the merchandiser's hand at the right time like you say it helps make the better
2: decision faster so. And it's not even limited to like big stuff like that. Like there's it's kind of a running joke that like there's a handful of elevators that we've gone into. Uh, We've been meeting with them. I haven't had to do this yet. But like bigger ones where the they have like their offer and fills sheet. It's sitting in the center of a room with like four desks around it. And it's just basically a printed off Excel sheet, who, how many bushels, delivery, et cetera, et cetera. Anyone like fills an offer, they go up to the center and they joke that like it's been ran through the the scanner so many times, like it started to migrate like 15 degrees on the paper. And (laughs) uh, one of the, they just came back and they asked somebody like, hey, can somebody just make a, a shared Google sheet for these guys so it basically bounces through all their screens and you've got Excel basically live on everyone's screen wherever they're at or their phone. And they made the joke, they went back, it was like you created fire, like wait, you. You can do what it's a miracle. yeah,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and you know sometimes it's a thing where people don't realize due to inertia or whatever that how, how how big an impact this can make on your on your information and decision flow in your business just by something sent, like you said just relighting that torch essentially
2: yeah and, and that's where it's there and that's the funny thing is like you said it's just a lot of these things out there too like there's nice little solutions we just you know, in agriculture, we kind of hide back. We have a nature, I'd say, to hide back and try and be protectionist about little value pieces we may have extracted. And there's so many out there. If you just, you know, kind of open your eyes, look around, and ask, I think you can find there's a lot of fun solutions that are simple to your your little day problems. And and then there's big solutions coming for some of the bigger bottlenecks that you haven't been able to break through, or or becoming bigger bottlenecks. as, like you said, you're shipping to more direct freight programs and trying to square stuff up on. On a day with live scale tickets, just getting sent to your 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 screens, or you're trying to automate payments instead of a month out, you're getting guys paid in a day, so everyone wants to haul for you and move stuff fast, and you know you've got the world at your fingertips for people being nice and disposable to make your business move faster and cleaner.
0: Yeah, and you know right now with in the time of cheap money, low prices, uh, well, low prices may not be a factor in it, but you know the cheap money anyway, um, cash flow uh is important for the elevator but uh you know get a time where interest rates are high and we're having a rally and we're making margin calls and trying to hold inventory to take advantage of carries all these other things cash flow efficiency becomes very very valuable especially when communicating to your lender and keeping them in the loop so you know there there will come a we're a day closer to those type of scenarios again happening and uh for those that can remember back to the 08 and 2012 time frames um I mean, being able to have updated understanding of mark-to-market financials at any given time was, was hugely important for people getting their operating lines up or uh, just being able to keep cash flow going as they needed to to be able to merchandise the way they wanted to.
2: Yeah, and it's it's only going to get faster. I mean, like, you, you sit and look at, like, the way you do business nowadays, you know, we we get annoyed when, like, well, you're seeing it today, like we had internet outages in Fargo, like, oh, I need to swap to 4G on my phone and it's so slow, especially like the the need once you start to realize how you can take some of these lag times that are, you know, a week or two and you can shave them down to a day, pretty soon they're going to be down to instantaneous. And, and, and we're seeing that across our customer base as well. You know, you've got some guys that, well, they're only entering stuff into their accounting system like every day or two and, you know. They're getting angry because of different elevators basically updating that, that second as they're coming across the scale with every single one coming through. And then, you know, so you start to get that fear missing out. And it just, it's kind of a, a rising tide lifts all ships. Like everyone is going to be performing to a higher standard and, and the customers are demanding it too. You know, we're getting that age. They want to see that transparency. They want to have a bigger relationship with you. And that's our goal is, you know, you see some of the egg startups out there, like their statement is we're going to come in and tell you how to do agriculture. Come on guys, the, the US, we have a river, we have a few rivers going right through the middle of it. We have the best rail system in the world and we have ports on every single side of our country. Uh, like coming in and telling us that, you know, the way we do business and commercial agriculture is irrelevant is kind of crazy. There's way other, way many other countries that could be revised before us. Uh, but the thing is, is now we're just going to be to the higher standard again, where let's continue to deliver better service faster the whole way through the pipeline. Let's add value to those farm relationships and, and keep them growing stronger going forward. You know, our yields aren't going down, they're going up. Let's hold on to as much of that handle as we can and increase it.
3: Right. Awesome. Right. Well said. Well, I think, I, I think, yeah, what I would add to that is just, I mean, we've we can see our, we see our space is as competitive or more competitive than it's ever been right and you start to see you know one or two players in an area start to provide you know that next level of service and i mean it's there's fast followers all the way around right and like you say yeah. raises all the ships
0: yeah fast information is the new fast leg when it comes to commercial drone yeah,
3: right. but you better still have a fast leg darn it
1: <laughs> for sure okay so we've talked about a, a lot of these Tools and what you guys are seeing out there, but uh, bushel specifically, uh, you guys, uh, you know, obviously y'all been around for a little while. How how well has it caught on? How how big a reach do you guys have right now?
2: So really, the platform's been around a few years, and and the irony is, is it just started? Like this is something you know, same thing. You you see one little problem, and then just where water falls down, the things you can fix. It started with a sugar beet co-op asking to see scale tickets for their growers. And uh, since then, in just a few years, I think I want to say around at the end of 2019, our elevators online probably handled roughly, I think it was around six to 6.5 billion bushels of U.S. grain handle, a little bit of Canada in there as well. So it's growing fast and and we've been scaling on quick throughout the year as well. Uh, We're getting more and more interest overseas, but I mean, we've still got a lot of growth and we've got a lot of solutions we want to make for North America before we really expand and try and conquer the globe, so to speak.
1: Excellent. So uh, just for our listeners sake here uh, for you guys, if they're interested in, in hearing more about what you guys do or or uh, or how it fits for their businesses, how should they reach out to you?
2: Uh, I think the, the best bet is just uh, bushelpowered.com. And, and that'll give you uh, obviously a big. Pretty website with no South American combines on it. Has I like want to go check it right now just to make sure? <laughs> just to make sure. Uh, just just to be redundant. Uh no, and I think it whether you're back office, front office, merchandiser, accounting, like you'll see some different tools, how we tie into your accounting software and make life easier. You know, the things we're launching for merchandisers to to streamline offers between you and your growers and automate the hedging process, make it cleaner, like different things there and and there's a lot of kind of to-be-determined tabs that, you know, are on a roadmap still for the rest of 2020. You can land in on that page, and uh, from there, you can get sent to a myriad of different people, and and we'll get you taken care of.
3: Awesome. Yeah, the only thing I'd, I'd add on there is, I mean, we, we talked a lot about, you know, kind of product stuff. But, I mean, the, the other thing that we've got at Bushel is a pretty big custom development shop. So depending on what problems
2: are out there that maybe are just specific to you, well, maybe there's still something we can do to help. That, that's a really good point. So yeah, uh, a quick delineation is of our 200 people, we're really split into kind of two camps. Like there's the solution side and then there's the product side. Uh, and that's one of the things that's really set us apart is you know, if, if you wanna buy Microsoft Excel, you can call Microsoft and you buy Excel. However, we have lots of different companies with transship issues, stuff like that that come in and they wanna automate scale ticket receiving from third party logistics companies so that's where our solutions team comes and they have crafted some awesome products from auctions to automation. I'm, You know, I mean, heck, uh, Bobcats, uh, you can drive their fancy new uh, skid steers from your iPhone because guys in our office have much bigger brains than I do and can put it into code. Wow.
1: Well, I, I know you guys are always looking for problems to solve for, for grain elevators. And and uh, so So here's a quick, this one probably falls under load management, but it's one I hear from time to time at Grain Elevators, and that is uh, bathrooms for truckers to use. Um, (laughs) You guys could could work out anything there. I'm sure uh, Grain Elevators would be appreciative. I've
2: mowed enough road ditches in my life to know that problem was solved a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Stay off the property.
1: (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) Uh, good. Now we can just use COVID as an excuse. So there you <laughs> go. Perfect.
2: Well, thank you guys.
1: All right, yeah, we appreciate uh, Luke, Joey. We, we appreciate you guys coming on, sharing a little bit about us, uh, uh, about this stuff to us uh, less technologically proficient folks, and and uh, it's been been really good. Um, Roger, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for? Yeah,
0: our- I, I, real quick just got to know casserole or hot dish
2: hot dish it, it's it's hot dish my mom makes a casserole as well but hot dish is the standard term
0: all right well jason we that's know where question, we stand. in the south
2: lefsa that's what that's the term you guys need to learn okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we'll learn lefsa you learn hog gel and we'll call it a happy <laughs> no i think that's it guys again thank y'all so much for for taking the time to come on the the podcast today and uh folks out there listening got any questions or or just reach out i know twitter's a great resource to find out from other folks in the business what they think if they're using bushel uh reach out to these guys they'll be happy to help you and um it's really cool to see what's what's happening uh when it comes to tangible benefits uh, in our industry going forward so thank you guys and jason i think that's it for today
1: yeah one quick uh matter of business I did need to uh, do is a, a quick shout out to a guy from Missouri who has completed every Elevator's Cut episode, which I, to my knowledge is probably the only person that's done that, including Roger and I. Well, listen to everyone. Roger, have you listened to all of them? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. But anyway, oh. it's, it's spelled Gioff Simmons, but I think Jeff's probably how he pronounced it. But anyway, shout out to him for uh, for listening and uh, to all those episodes. That, God bless you know, that guy. That's crazy. A lot of time on the road, I think. And uh, and he made uh, questionable use of it, but he used it. And that's good. Uh, very good. So anyways, that's uh, that's it for today, but we appreciate everyone listening as always. Uh, please like our stuff. Subscribe. Reach out to us on Twitter at ElevatorsCut and let us know what you think or uh, or what we need to do in the future. And I guess that's it, right? So for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to the Elevators Cut. Nope.